welcome to another episode of And How Did That Make You Feel? My name is Rachel and this is my podcast where I chat to people about their experiences in therapy. Uh, you can find me over on Instagram at and how did that if you want to come say hello. So today's guest is Anna uh, and she talks about something that we can probably all relate to in some capacity and that is having anxiety about COVID and anxiety during lockdown and we recorded this a few weeks ago before the recent news about some of the hopeful plans for England and other parts of the UK and Ireland to come out of lockdown as soon as the 21st of June which just seems mind-boggling and I think this news has really brought up mixed emotions for a lot of people hope expectations trepidation anxiety fear happiness joy excitement um so this is just a reminder to all of you and to me that you can feel all those mixed feelings that there's no right or wrong way to be feeling at the minute um we can all hold more than one emotion at the one time so don't beat yourself up if you're feeling a bit nervous about these changes um, or if you think well why am I feeling differently from everybody else you feel exactly how you feel and that's okay um, Anna in this episode talks a lot about her experiences at uni um, and sticking with that theme I want to give a quick shout out to the team at the student aspect who asked me to write an article about the podcast for their online student magazine really enjoyed doing it um, I'll put the link in the show notes or if you want to check them out and have a look at the article they post really interesting stuff every day you can find them on Instagram and their account is um, their handle is at the student aspect but let's hear from Anna nice to see you um, yeah thanks thanks for agreeing to come and have a chat with me um do you want sure. to introduce yourself yeah of course um so i'm anna uh, as you said um i'm 21 just turned 21 um and i'm a final year drama student at queen's um but i'm not from northern ireland as you can probably tell from my accent i'm originally from oxford so moved over for uni lovely uh, and he adapted okay to uni life in yeah it took a while but um we got there yeah. understanding the accent took a while <laughs> but um used to it now <laughs> mm-hmm. yes <laughs> we'll say no more about accents uh, <laughs> so the first kind of question to ease us in gently when when did you first um have counselling um, so I actually started counselling um, in September of 2020, um, so quite recently. Um, I was really struggling with lockdown. Um, it was like completely messing me up. I didn't know how to react to the situation that I'd been put in. Um, and I was really struggling. So I reached out to um, my GP um, to be like, I'm having all these thoughts. I don't really know what to do with them. And they suggested, okay, well, we'll put you on the waiting list for counselling um that was in maybe june um something around there and then um got the call in september to say i can start um in a couple of weeks so i started in september 
and uh, I did a very short session I only did four weeks mm-hmm. um but what I got I feel was really helpful um and I enjoyed it so it was it was a beneficial four weeks um great yeah that's how I, when I started yeah mm-hmm. um and so did they give you any kind of tools or strategies that to help you kind of deal with lockdown <laughs> Yeah, so um, I sort because I'm interested. Like, I would like those too. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, it was mostly um based around anxiety. I was feeling a lot of these anxious feelings about you know not being able to see people, not being able to do the normal things, and being sort of trapped um and things like that. So I was getting very anxious. Um, so she gave me a lot of breathing tools. Um, sent me loads of files and things to read through. Um, mostly about like circular breathing so mm-hmm. like breathing in for four holding it for four and that sort of stuff um, which did really help during the weeks um, following that and I still go back to that um, when things get bad so I have like taken stuff forward from that mm. um, which has been good but um, yeah it was a, it was a strange start but um, especially because I was doing it over Zoom so it was mm-hmm. different yeah and was that so did you contact your gp at home or was it through uni or so i moved my gp over to where i was at uni um on the university's advice mm-hmm. uh, so i did that in the first year so it was counseling through um i don't even know what the trust is called whatever the trust for <laughs> belfast is called um, i think it's just um, belfast trust <laughs> yeah well that then yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was through some other people um based on the Alma Road or something Mm -hmm. Uh, and then got put in contact with the counsellor who then contacted me about organising the sessions when suited me um, and anything that I wanted to cover during the sessions. Mm -hmm. And how like did it take you did it take you a while to kind of realise oh I need to speak like I need to speak to my GP or were you able to kind of recognise oh I'm not really I'm not feeling great I need to do something about it. Yeah, it kind of built up for a while um, and I was sort of getting more and more, like, tensions were Mm. really high. um, But I think there was a moment in June where I thought, right, okay, I need to do something about this because I don't like the way it's going Mm. and I don't want it to get worse. So let's do something about it now before it gets really bad and I do something dreadful. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that was good that you you know you were able to notice that and be proactive think, about it yeah I think other people also recognize that in me like mm. people were messaging me being like are you okay last mm. time I spoke to you like even if it was on like video chat or something um FaceTime or whatever would be like are you okay you seemed a bit off you seemed a bit nervous or something like that which mm-hmm. if you know me I'm usually bubbly and happy and that <laughs> mental so yeah. it was a bit like it was more obvious I think in me because I'm not usually so quiet and things yeah. like that that other people were saying are you okay and mm. then it was sort of made me stay, take a step back mm-hmm. and say okay no I'm actually not feeling great mm-hmm. let's let's go and do something about that and was that was that easy to hear like was that a comfortable conversation to kind of have with your friends absolutely not I hated <laughs> it because I almost it's not that I didn't know that I was feeling bad it Mm. was sort of because I'm a drama student I feel like I can act really well Mm -hmm. um even though I can't (laughs) um but I feel like it's quite difficult it was quite difficult hiding it 
for the people that know me so well. Yeah. And they were just sort of very much like, even if you're trying to hide this, you're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. So please be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they were just looking out for me, but it was still uncomfortable to hear, like, you're not yourself. When I wasn't trying to be anybody else, it was just the way that things were affecting yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that can be, yeah, kind of tough to hear, and yeah, it can be a bit of a wake up call. Of, um, I am normally, oh, I'm totally fine. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, exactly, yeah. No, thank you. I will deflect this totally. Um, because yeah, it feels it feels a bit, um, yeah, it's it's being vulnerable, which I am not very good at at all. Um. Uh, so yeah, it can be really hard to to hear those kind of uh, those kind of questions. Um, yeah, especially from people closest to you. Yeah, uh huh. And I mean, you are goodness. You're twenty one, so you are a good bit younger than me, Anna. Why did I think you were like in your mid twenties, even though I knew you were at university? <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> so we're what? Are you Jen? Are you Jen Z? No, Jen. You're... Yeah, I have literally no idea. <laughs> well, the reason... I am me, yeah. I am 2000, which makes people sound really old. Oh, um, right. Didn't live through any of the 90s. <laughs> well, the reason, the reason why I even brought up the painful subject of how young you are <laughs> compared to how old I am was I was wondering, like, is mental health talked about more like amongst your peers or is it more of a conversation you know at university is there more are you more aware of support um or like do you do you talk about it with your peers because I suppose you've nothing to compare it compare it against yeah I think it's very prevalent on social media Mm. Um, with all the people my age group they'd all be very social like on social media very like you can talk to me whenever you want you can like don't worry about who you are or what you feel everything's valid very much very open about it mm-hmm. um I think in person it doesn't necessarily correlate mm. um I still think conversations around mental health are less or like less prevalent mm. um but I think I think my age group find it okay talking about other people's mental health but maybe not their own mm-hmm. um I know I would. I would rather listen to somebody else's problems and yeah. talk about mine. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's sort of like that. And especially at university, um, I would only really know about the the help that the university offer um, through working for Queen's because mm-hmm. um, I work in the Student Guidance Centre. So I, I'm aware of all the things that we can signpost other people to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I just was a student, I wouldn't know about that stuff. I don't think it's advertised particularly well mm. and I think that's something they could definitely improve on yeah but, but it is there if people need it mm-hmm. and I guess if people go to like their academic tutor or their supervisor then they might be able to pin, like point them in the right direction yeah yeah and it's interesting what you said there about social media that it's really easy to share a post or put up a post um about mental health like that's and that's great I don't want to take away from that but then it is a whole other level of vulnerability and because it's vulnerable for the person 
to ask you or are you okay you know it's it's kind of awkward and vulnerable on both sides definitely but, but that's a bigger step than just oh that's a lovely graphic with some inspirational words about mental health exactly of, you know reassure yeah, especially people I went to school with that I wasn't necessarily really close with um, mm-hmm. I know they'll probably have their own friendship groups that they want to be like if you want to talk to me you can come and talk to me but just seeing it on like their Instagram story, that doesn't make me go, oh yeah, they're really looking out for me and my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, oh, it's another mental health post um, that they just shared. But mm-hmm. whether they actually carry that forward is a different matter. Yeah, I suppose it's just the the ongoing joys of of social media. <laughs> Always, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> we're all just all trying to navigate navigate our way our way through that. Yeah. Um. And so whenever, so you know, your your friends had kind of noticed, oh, Anna's not quite herself. Did like were you, did you feel then that you wanted to tell them, well, yeah, actually I'm not, but I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something about it. Like, were they able to c- kind of come on that journey with you? Um, It was kind of, they came along retrospectively. Mm. Um, so they like mentioned it to me and then I'd gone and done something about it like without telling them and then because it was such a like it wasn't that long a wait to be fair from when I asked and when I got the counselling mm-hmm. um, only a few months but even within that period I didn't really talk about it it wasn't until I was definitely doing it that I then said guys I'm starting counselling um, just like pray for me um, mm-hmm. and you know keep me in your thoughts um, I've never done it before so just like think about that if you could um and then they were always really supportive and mm-hmm. really helpful mm-hmm. um and they've it even prompted the conversation about their counseling mm-hmm. journeys that they've been on so brilliant it was good in that aspect um yeah mm. and how did you feel before your first session like did you have did you kind of have a, have a picture in your head or you know had you imagined how it was going to go i was absolutely bricking it mm-hmm. because i had i didn't really have any expectations for it um like I didn't I know people think about the stereotypical going into a therapist's office but I didn't even that didn't even cross my mind because I knew it was going over zoom I thought that sort of just I didn't even think about that because it wasn't I knew that wasn't going to be the same um and I didn't have any idea of what was going to happen and I think I was more scared of what they might think of me even mm. though I know that they shouldn't be thinking anything yeah. about me that's the whole point um but I was like or oh, what if they think that I'm a bad person mm. or they don't like what I'm saying or if I offend them by disagreeing with them or something like mm-hmm. that um I was very aware of how I might be perceived even though I know I shouldn't be yeah um that's kind I'm of very scared yeah <laughs> that's kind of like human nature isn't it to have those kind of feelings of yeah what what is this other unknown person yeah mm-hmm. what if they do think x y and z about me uh, yeah it was. Uh, so how did like how did that pan out in reality oh it was absolutely fine I had no issues at all <laughs> I had nothing to be scared about um it was fine we chatted she came on got to know me um just told her about me and what I'm about and my life and what had happened what prompted me being there um 
and then she just asked a few more questions that prompted me going along and mm. then eventually I cried and then <laughs> you know here we are <laughs> <laughs> job done <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And did you, like, did you find it strange trying to build that kind of connection, especially over Zoom? Yeah, I think I did. Um, I, in the first session, she was sort of, she obviously explained that if we, if we don't get on and you want a new one, then just let me know. That's absolutely fine. I won't hold any grudges. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just the process that we go through. Um, And I think, I think I probably should have said that I would like a different person. Right. Um, it's not that we didn't get on, but I just thought I'm not really connecting with you. Mm-hmm. Um, like listening to some of your other guests, and they've they've had like this connection with their um, counselor. It's sort of been a bit like, oh, I didn't really get that. Maybe mm-hmm. I should have spoken up about that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I would have got more out of it. Yeah. Because um, she was an older lady, I don't know how old she was, but um, she was older than me. Um, she was married with kids and mm. stuff like that. So it was sort of like on different mm-hmm. levels of life. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, I feel like I didn't necessarily take her advice mm. on as much as I would have done if it had been someone maybe younger. Yeah. Uh, because I thought, well, you're just like looking down on me as though... Mm oh, you're just young with these problems, things like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should have said something. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, and I got through the sessions, and that was fine. But mm-hmm. now I think about it, looking back, um, I think almost there were a few things throughout the sessions that I thought maybe wouldn't have happened if I'd said that I wanted someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, I suppose, especially whenever you've had to wait to get it then it can be a bit like well we're, we're here now you know let's let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's just do it now yeah, yeah let, let's go let's get this done um with my first counselor it it got to the point she was very helpful at the beginning but it got to the point where it was kind of, i was kind of feeling like well no you you just have no understanding of yeah. what what i'm talking about okay. um and so you know we, we parted ways but she every single session she was always like do you want do you want to see me like do we want do you want to keep going with this um so it's it's good to kind of have a bit of an out um, yeah i think that would have been helpful uh-huh um but were you so you were still able to get you know something from the sessions yeah i think just like talking through everything that was happening and sort of making like putting my thoughts in specific ways yeah was very helpful Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it particularly mattered who I said that to. Mm. Um, it was just getting everything out that I was feeling at the time so mm-hmm. that somebody else was aware of that. Um, I think that was probably what I needed at the time mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like specific like medical guidance or things like yeah. that. It was very just catharsis and, mm. and getting it all out on the in the open just to understand where my head was at yeah um, for me and for whoever was trying to help yeah yeah because even like you you know you said there it probably didn't matter who you you know kind of word vomited everything out to the, the great thing about a counsellor is um like I was just thinking sometimes before I had seen a counsellor I would have been like oh but I have really good friends and you know I can talk yeah. to them about these things um 
but sometimes they they don't have the capacity to just let you sit and talk for an hour without um you know just because that's really selfish on one person's part of you're just gonna sit there and i'm gonna lay this all out for an hour um and sometimes i i certainly feel like um my emotions can be a bit too much as well so that's another good thing about a counselor like i can be i yeah i can bring all those kind of feelings that i think oh this is maybe a bit too big (laughs) to to bring up on the friday night zoom chat so (laughs) like i'll I'll save it because my counselor like they can handle they can handle whatever i kind of bring up for them yeah it's like i do have like i have a great support system Mm -hmm. over here at uni like all of my uni friends my army friends Mm -hmm. um, in the salvation army sorry if you can hear that rattling the cat is in the litter tray So that is what that noise is. <laughs> you have to go when you have to go. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> bless him. Um, but I do have a good support network. Yeah. And I've got all my uni friends, my army friends. I've got the boyfriend and mm-hmm. I've got, oh my God, parents are over here. I've got plenty of adults that I can turn to and people my age. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that I didn't have anybody to talk to. It was that I think I needed someone who didn't know me mm. to tell. Yeah. Um, didn't have any preconceived ideas about yeah. how I should react in certain situations or how I should be feeling. Mm. And I can explain those things how from my perspective without anybody standing up for another person or saying anything in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, you're it's the space to be able to tell your story without those kind of other people having some knowledge about it or other people having opinions you know opinions about a situation like the counselor is only interested in you and how you've been affected yeah definitely and I think that was really helpful for me I think that's exactly what I needed Mm -hmm. um which is why I think I probably didn't say anything about wanting Mm. another person because she was serving her purpose um she was doing what I needed her to do at the time yeah yeah. But I think if I went back then I'd maybe look at a different person. Yeah. Um, or have a think about what I was really getting from chatting. Yes. Yeah. I suppose it gives you it gives you a better idea of exactly what your expectations are and what what you really want from the experience. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um I think I'm now aware of like what I expect from other people from, from a counsellor in what I want them to tell me Mm. um, how to deal with things and how to prepare myself and things like that as opposed to like I don't know (laughs) as opposed to anything else yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah just for someone else to have a conversation with that I'm not I don't have to explain anything I don't want to explain to Mm -hmm. yeah Um, just say my emotions how they are and how I'm feeling them Mm-hmm. rather than how other people think I should feel them. Mm, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, very liberating that you can just yeah say whatever the heck you want Yeah, about okay. how how you're feeling. You know, it's good to, good to get that, that release. Yeah, it's definitely beneficial and mm. um, what I would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think like your peers or people that you told about um going to see a counsellor um 
you know, was it hard to have that conversation? Were you worried that they, like, how they would think about you would change? Um, I don't think I was worried about how they'd see me because I knew that one of them had already been mm. and before. Um, so I wasn't too worried about that. But I think I was more worried about admitting to myself that I needed help um, yeah. and telling other people okay, you told me I'm not okay and now I'm actually admitting that I'm not okay. Um, I think that was probably the biggest step. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely drafted a few messages before I sent the last, the actual one telling them what was going on. Um, And there's even like, there's even some people now that don't know that I went to counselling. Well, there's quite a few people that don't Mm. know that I went to counselling, even in my family. But isn't that funny that it can be really hard to to be that vulnerable with people who know us the best or like yeah I yeah I find that difficult yeah I would definitely find it harder to be more open with my family than I would with people that I've been friends with for 10 years or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because they know me or if they have opinions that I don't like yeah (laughs) (laughs) probably both yeah I know and so did you find because I anytime I've had counselling I have you know I have found a counsellor and went um well both times because I was kind of at the point of no I just I just need to see somebody tomorrow um so how did you find that kind of wait in between speaking you know getting speaking to your doctor and then getting the sessions um I didn't find it that difficult Mm. purely because I wasn't in the country I think I phoned the doctor maybe two weeks before I went back to England Uh, uh um so I like I I was aware that there was going to be a wait so I thought well I'm not going to be in the country anyway there's no point me waiting until September to ring Mm. because I'm going to wait another few months Mm -hmm. so I thought if I ring now see what the wait is it's going to be over zoom anyway so Mm -hmm. it won't matter if i'm in england Um, yeah and then i was at home during the summer i was out in the garden Mm -hmm. all the time because it was 30 odd degrees Mm -hmm. i sort of felt felt like i sort of came a bit like back down to earth a bit yeah um, over the summer because i could see friends and i could see family Mm -hmm. and I could do it was almost normal it was obviously still very restricted yeah yeah you could have a normal day Mm -hmm. um, with a mask on yeah just in your house confined yeah I think maybe the summer was probably the best part of lockdown um so Mm -hmm. far absolutely I could cope with the summer Mm -hmm. Um, and then it sort of came back to September and I was back here and then I thought oh yeah yeah no I am still there yeah I just didn't have to deal with that yeah. for a couple because <laughs> I wasn't in that situation. Yeah. But now I'm back, so now my mental state's back there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it was very situational for me, and it was mm. quite easy to take the, take myself out of that situation just by popping off home. Yeah. 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 And then had a very busy summer when I came back for a week or two. Went to the Galgorm and stuff. It was very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think going home helped. Um, at the time mm-hmm. even though when I go home I am always like can't wait to come back yeah um it was very helpful for like separating those two sections um and not dwelling on the 
they've got to wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, do you think the the counselling? Because well, I've definitely found this lockdown the hardest. Um, did it give you, you know, was it kind of preparing you or making you feel a bit more able to deal with the flip two lockdowns that we've had since September? Yeah. So I think it was very helpful in the in the the September to Christmas mm. part of lockdown. Um, because I didn't have uni to go to. My job wasn't. I wasn't in work very often. I was in well, like one day a week, mm-hmm. um, and it was raining all the time, so I couldn't go out. So it was sort of, um, I feel like before Christmas I struggled a lot more. Um, now I'm back in uni and I am back on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the very few people that are back on campus, but I am getting out and I'm seeing people, which I think is where I was lacking. Yeah. And obviously where lots of people are struggling, um, including myself, mm-hmm. I'm still lacking because it's not, it's not the same as normal interaction at all. No. Um, it's very staged, I think. Um, because oh I have to interact with you because you are literally the only person I'm going to see today Um, which is fine it gets me through um, but it's it's still exhausting um, I think getting through that so I think the tools that I learned in the first one are helpful now but I think they're less prevalent now because I'm doing other things that are also helpful Mm -hmm. they've sort of been displaced um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by the new life that I'm living yeah. at the moment yeah and I imagine both of us probably had similar kind of schedules before lockdown like a lot of evening kind of stuff set in stone you know that Monday night you do this Wednesday night you do this and there's going to be things across the weekend was that a yeah, big big shift for you yeah, it was a massive shock mm. to the system. Um, I would have been in uni every day or working, um, mm-hmm. so I'd have been busy during the day, and then would have been in uni on a Monday evening at the army on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, um, either seeing a show for uni or actually doing some work um, for uni on a mm-hmm. Thursday, then probably out on a Friday, and then busy at the weekends with whatever I was doing that weekend. Mm-hmm. And then to go from that to you're not allowed to leave your house, it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. who am I and why can I not survive on my own? <laughs> um, it was sort of like, oh, I'm now alone with myself. Mm-hmm. What do I fill my time with? Yeah. Um, because I didn't even have uni work because uni finished in April. Mm-hmm. So I literally had nothing. Oh, mm-hmm. um, so I went and got myself a job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was like, no, can't be sat here doing nothing for the next however long. Mm-hmm. So I went and got a job, but that, I mean, it paid and it's paid the bills, mm-hmm. but it was mind numbing um, and probably put me in a worse state than I would have mm-hmm. been had I not had a job. Okay. Because I was just staring at a screen, talking to people that didn't want to talk to me. Yeah. Oof. For eight or nine hours, mm. five days a week. Mm hmm. It was very, it was going from one thing to another to another. Yeah. That I didn't enjoy any yes. of Yes, yeah. So it was sort of a bit of a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, ha, you're not allowed to enjoy 2020. <laughs> nope, definitely not. Um, but I, it, was, it was fine in retrospect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, interesting there when you said, you know, who am I when, you know, there's there's not all these kind of things in your in your week to give your week kind of shape or to give, um, yeah, a bit of purpose, which is definitely something that I've really struggled with. Like when all those things that I do, um, like especially around the kind of musical stuff that we're both kind of involved in, when all that's taken away... And you're not seeing anybody and you're not doing anything. It's like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely agree. It's um, taken that away because I think for both of us, like music would be part of who we are. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like taking the part where we can show who we are with other people mm-hmm. is, was really difficult um, because I obviously enjoy music in whatever capacity. Mm-hmm. So it's, going from doing that with the people with my friends and yeah. with family members and things like that to having to do that on your own yeah it's a stark contrast mm-hmm. and as much as I enjoy like playing the piano on my own or having to sing on my own there's no banter when it's just you <laughs> <laughs> and part of enjoying that is the banter yeah oh yeah 100% definitely just yeah being with being with other people um though I now worry that I have gone like full circle to now being like I I'm gonna have to like reintegrate myself into society very gradually. <laughs> like, yeah. like no, I can't cope with all of you at once. Yes. <laughs> One person at a time. Oh, oh de- I just I think it's so interesting the way like this whole thing has affected well, my brain anyway, like I can't, I have no short term memory. Short term memory has just completely disappeared. Um, and prime example, I started this sentence and I had things to say and I've completely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. No short term memory. Cannot. I realized I binged um, last night. I must have watched about six episodes of Drag Race. Yes. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> It was it was sensory overload. I, it was too. It was like it was too much, and I, like I would have, I would have issues with sleep anyway. And I was lying in bed last night, and it was about half three in the morning, and all I could hear just pumping through my brain was "Start your engines." But the best woman, I was like, "Oh, this is why I can't sleep. I've watched too much Drag Race." That's the problem. That solves all of life's problems. <laughs> No, drag race solves problems. That's what it is. It really. is the best. Whereas... Watching half of it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch the full series. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas normally, whenever you're like breaking up your, you know, getting to set and binge watch something is like respite. Whereas now it's like, well, this is this is my sole task for the day. Yeah. I haven't. Did I speak? I saw my parents in person yesterday, and then watched six episodes of drag race so you know just my brain couldn't take it anymore and it was that was like yeah. it was not so interesting that something that would have like been a rest for my brain is now too much for my brain yeah it's complete madness <laughs> um, so now i am i am i am kind of worried about um yeah like if things ever get back to normal, first of all, what is that even going to look like? But also, six months ago, I would have been like, cannot wait. I want my old schedule back. I want everything back just exactly the way it was. 
Whereas now I'm kind of coming around to, oh, I just don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, I think I'm still like holding on to the I want what happened before mm-hmm. because I was in, I was loving life. I was mm-hmm. riding high. Yeah. Um, with him was going up, going my way, and I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm missing everything. Mm. And every week I'm like, I just want that thing back. Yeah. Just that thing this week, and then next week I want something else back. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do that. I'll alternate yeah. all of my activities. Just one a week for six weeks yeah. and then restart the cycle. Yes. So I can manage a bit more. Yes. Yeah, before we get back back up and back up and running again, Guinness. That'll be oh, that'll be the that'll be the day. That'll be an event. I know. So when you'd finished your your four sessions like, could you feel that there was a noticeable change, like a noticeable improvement, or did people say to you, "Oh, you're much more like, you know, oh, you're, you know, back to being normal, Anna," or any of those kind of conversations? Um, I think I felt in myself that I could cope with things better. Mm. Um, I wasn't getting as agitated or angry or anxious about things. Yeah. Um, by the end of it. And I think that was partly due to the summer break. Yeah. Um, I'm still sort of riding from that. But also the tools that she'd given me, like during the week, if I could sense myself going that way, I knew how to bring myself back. Um, and back to, this isn't a big deal, calm down. It's only a missed train or mm. you've dropped some milk or something. Um, it was very much, I think it was in myself rather than other people because yeah. obviously we're still in lockdown. So... I wasn't seeing so many people and I wasn't even talking to people as much at Mm -hmm. that point. It was just sort of just talking to the boyfriend and that's about it. Yeah. We were all over Zoom quizzes by then. We were done. (laughs) We were gone, dead. Zoomed out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's important though that it was something um, that, yeah, you were able to do for yourself and it wasn't um, because sometimes I think it can be easy to kind of have reliance on other things kind of grinding us again or external kind of things to kind of, oh, if I do that, that'll make me feel better rather than yeah. having tools, oh, I can I can do this myself. Yeah, that was definitely a big thing because I'm absolutely useless at self-awareness. Um, I was saying this last week on the uh, core Bible study thing, I'm just rubbish at noticing things uh-huh. that I've done or remembering things that I've done or said. I'm absolutely useless at any of that. So I think having those four sessions made me more self-aware in myself and um, mm-hmm. being able to see changes um, and be aware of my emotions as well. Mm. Being aware of how I fluctuate throughout the week or the month um, mm-hmm. and how that affects other people as well. Mm. Uh, and noticing their reactions, the way that I react actually affects other people's reactions because I'm not as angry at them or snapping at them. Yeah. So we don't have to snap back. They, we can just have a normal conversation and then everybody's tensions are so much lower. Yeah. It's that ripple effect, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely it was. Um, I think it was, yeah, helpful. Mm-hmm. Um. And do you think if you were, you know, if one of your friends kind of came to you now and said, oh, you know, this is something I'm thinking about, would you have any advice 
um, about them starting a journey towards counselling? Yeah, I think I'd say, like, um, we need you need to be talking to someone professional. Yes. Because I can only help so much. I'm happy to be a listening ear to your problems, but I'm not trained to deal with this sort of stuff. So speak to someone who, who is trained in that way, um, whether that is just talking to your GP about how you're feeling and they'll go on from there, or if it is actively looking for your actively looking for a counsellor um, or a therapist then either way like I'm, I'm going to be there for the journey mm. but uh, I, I can't do it on my own yeah got my own problems as well <laughs> yeah. I know and I think it's in some ways the fact that everything is kind of over zoom at the minute relating to counselling is great because it does remove the barrier of because an excuse that I used for a long time was I just even if I wanted to see a counsellor when would I ever do it like I have no time to do it um whereas so it does kind of remove that practical barrier of I don't have time yeah (laughs) Yeah. I do have all the time (laughs) yes so much of so much time Yeah. yeah so as much as it can be difficult to build that connection which is so important with counsel or it might just take a longer amount of time um or it might not be an issue at all but it you know there is it does make it practically a wee bit a wee bit easier um and so with the likes of somewhere at like at university um like is there much importance um well you were kind of saying that they don't really highlight their services very much no they have the the well-being service yeah the uh, counseling um one-to-one sessions um but i think if i ask the people on my course if they knew about that half mm. of, at least half of them would say no mm-hmm. um and that might just be down to we don't have much contact time so we're not in uni that much anyway yeah um but i also think that the well-being service itself could do a better job of mm. dropping into our emails or yeah. um, being on social media a bit more. Uh, yeah. They do have all the social media profiles and I follow them mm-hmm. and, and I help promote them in my job as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just actually getting to the people that are needing it is more work than they think it is, than just yeah. putting a post on social media. Yeah. It is about meeting people where they are and making sure that they know that you're there as well yeah um, because they're not necessarily in that position to go I need help who can I go to mm-hmm. they don't want to actively look for that they want to know that someone is already looking out for them yeah definitely did you ever live in halls yeah I lived in halls in first year that was an event oh dear oh right <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. No, it wasn't that bad. It was just, it was just a halls experience. Okay. Which they're like nobody has all good stories about halls. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll not start with mine. Um, <laughs> no, I was just, I was wondering, like, was it, is it more? Was that where maybe universities are kind of channeling their resources? Like, oh, well, we have all these students in this contained space, which I suppose they have on the campus anyway, but, um, you know, because I know some universities will maybe have, like, counsellors that'll go and base themselves in halls that you can kind of, you know, you can book appointments with or whatever. So I don't know if that was, you know, was there any of that kind of support or more support in halls? 
Yeah, I actually hadn't thought about that, but in the halls there were definitely there was definitely more information about it. Um, we had like notice boards in our blocks. Yeah, and there was always stuff up on there about the wellbeing service. Um, and they had wellbeing drop-ins in each of the halls locations. Um, I can't remember one. I think it was Wednesday, yeah, like Wednesday afternoons or something, which was good. But um, and we had residential assistants as well, mm. so they would have their drop-ins as well. So if we did need to talk to anybody we could either book an appointment with them send them an email text them mm-hmm. um or they came and sat in our flat for half an hour on a thursday evening or something so yeah. if we just want to go down for a chat then we could yeah um so i think maybe in, they probably are concentrating more to people in halls mm. um especially because more international students are in yeah. halls. yeah especially over the christmas period there was a lot of well-being services making the effort yeah over christmas to keep in touch with those um, with those that couldn't go home. Oh, yeah, that goodness. Um, yeah, which was very sad. One of my friends was stuck, um, and they held, like, a Christmas party, but it was supposed to be, like, socially distanced in the big, like, social space for all of the Elms uh-huh. village people. Um, and then they all had to isolate because somebody got COVID. Oh. And it was like, oh, no. <laughs> you tried your best. Oh, <laughs> not succeed <laughs> oh bless um, them just didn't look good um but oh no you have to suppose you have to yeah you do what you think is best and then yeah, there. Oh. but they did try yes oh bless them goodness um but i do think there was more support in halls than there is when you're out on your own um yeah or like half my course live at home because mm. they're not very much and they didn't need to move out Mm-hmm. So I would would say that they probably are not aware of half the things that yeah. go on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh goodness, you're making me nostalgic now for living in halls and goodness, a night out. Oh my goodness, what I would. <laughs> One of those. I'd break your arm for a night out. I'd probably goodness if I can't cope with six episodes of Drag Race. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Out. We'll and start I... with dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dinner. Oh, well. Oh, dear. Anyway, so, soon. <laughs> sometime soon. Sometime soon. So, Anna, the final question is always, and how did that make you feel? Uh, that made me feel pretty good. Um, just talking through your counselling experience um, and how different it is to other people, mm. I think has been very cathartic and helpful for me and I'll definitely remember this okay <laughs> yeah I just I as I was saying to you before we started recording I really love just hearing everybody's experiences because the structures are all kind of similar but we've all got just had such a different experience and different kind of context of things it's just yeah really 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 interesting so thank you so much for for sharing um sharing your journey and your story um yeah, having me absolutely um i yeah some good good advice for for the youth can i get away with saying the youth <laughs> do i need to say die youth <laughs> oh no don't say die youth <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, really enjoyed, really, really enjoyed chatting to you Um, and uh, good to catch up as well. Absolutely. Hear, hear, hear the crack. There was something that I wanted to say, but I can't remember what it was. There's something... 
it was when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, yeah, I have something in response to that, but I, I can't remember for the life of me what that was. Well, if it comes back to you, we can jump on again and do something and we can set it in. Yes. If it I comes back to you. I remember what that was. And I did remember what she had wanted to say and it's a really good point, so I wanted to make sure we included it. So she sent it to me as a voice note, my favourite thing. Yeah, so like I said, um, my counsellor sort of said a few things like during the sessions that made me feel like I wasn't quite bad enough to be in therapy. Um, It was sort of, because I'd had that break over the summer, I sort of wasn't as bad as where I was when I asked for therapy. So it was like she made me feel like I didn't have any problems anymore and that I wasn't really supposed to be there which I think is why she also cut the sessions short um she sort of pushed me towards well I felt like I was being pushed towards only having four sessions and not continuing for the six because I was originally offered six um but was encouraged that if I felt like I'd had enough and had all the information that I wanted and whatever that I could stop whenever I wanted um but if I needed more then I could have more um but definitely felt like um the counsellor was pushing me more to stop at four sessions. And I reckon because, um, like, I didn't really get on with this counsellor. Like, I got on with her. She was fine. She did her job. But um, there were a few things that she said that were sort of um, pushing me to feel like I wasn't meant to be there, which sort of made it worse, um, made me feel worse about myself, at least, um, that I would definitely look for, like, a paid counsellor in the future um, if I was to go back which I think I will, like, at some point in my life, I'm sure I'll be back. Um, But I definitely look at paid options as, from even just listening to your podcast, I'm aware that there's a lot more um, range and you get a better choice. Um, And obviously, because I'd be paying for it, I'd want the best for what I'm paying for. So I think I'd maybe take it a bit more seriously in myself as well, which I think is something that I would consider, (laughs) something I would consider um, in the future. Thanks to Anna for um yeah giving up the time to come and chat to me. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'm back with my book and pod recommendations. Um, I was looking at my bookshelves there about what book I would um ramble on about for a few minutes, and I've chosen a book I read last December called Virgil Wander by Leif Anger. I don't know anything about this author at all. Never heard of. Um, never heard of them before and this was um, my book for December from my lovely friends at Willoughby Book Club so I have a book subscription they send me a book every month and it's delightful but this book was um, you know the way sometimes a book hits differently because of just your circumstances Um, and this book I really love this book because it was just a book full of like it's not a particularly like the plot isn't particularly amazing or you know there's nothing groundbreaking about it but it's really beautifully written and it's just it was just full of kindness the whole the whole book the all the characters were kind um yeah the storylines were based around kindness and showing empathy but not in a like 
saccharine or kind of ugh, you know overwrought kind of way like just really beautifully done so if you need a book like that in your life <laughs> i can highly recommend virgil wander by leaf anger nothing much really happens in it but it was a lovely read um my podcast recommendation is um it's a podcast called on being which i might have re- recommended um episodes of this before if i was sensible i would keep a list wouldn't i I should do that going forwards. Tiger, can you look after that for me? Um, but yeah, so On Being with um, Krista Tippett. It's a very nice podcast um, where she interviews guests around not just specifically spirituality, um, but there's generally a kind of... She deals with the big questions. I suppose that's the best way to say it. And my friend Ruth recommended this podcast to me a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> because we had been having a conversation around... Um, I don't know why we called it Chewing the Cud. But we described... We'd been having some good chats. And described it as Chewing the Cud. Um, and so she sent me this recommendation of... Uh, on being for whenever I needed to chew some cud. <laughs> I'm gonna say chewing cud one more time because it's it's making me laugh. Um. So yeah, it really interesting guests. I will talk at some point about her latest episode that had Alain de Botton or Alan de Button if you've listened to previous episodes, who I'm a big fan of. But I need to listen to the episode a couple more times because there's just so much good stuff in it. But so the episode I want to recommend is she interviews Catherine May who wrote a book that I recommended a few episodes ago called Wintering which is a really beautiful book but it's just a lovely conversation really easy to listen to um but they you know they delve into some deep things um so it's just very pleasant way um to spend an hour they also release an unedited version and an edited version I always enjoy the unedited version um, just to kind of hear how Krista, how she kind of thinks about her questions and how, yeah, the unedited kind of process, which I enjoy. Um, so there you go. Um, as we're entering these more unprecedented times of hope and expectation of things changing, things improving, getting to hug people, um, getting to be out in the world again, um, I'm keeping my expectations low with regards when that might actually happen but it is nice to have a bit of a glimmer at the end of the tunnel even if with that there is also a bit of fear and a bit of worry and a bit of anxiety about that and the nights are getting lighter and it just all seems like things are turning a bit of a corner so friends mind yourselves be gentle with yourself be curious take care and i'll speak to you again soon bye how did that make you feel how did that make you feel how did that make you feel with rachel power